Welcome to Biblical Foundations, a podcast of the Center for Biblical Studies at Midwestern Baptist Theological Seminary. I'm your co-host, Jimmy Rowe, along with Dr. Andreas Kostenberger. Join us as we discuss issues in biblical scholarship for the church. Let's now turn specifically to the new encyclopedia. Uh, why don't you tell us how this work came to be? I'm sure there's a fascinating history uh, to that, and, and maybe describe the process that you and your co-editor went through to see this significant work uh, through to publication. No, thanks. That's, uh, um, yeah, it, it is a, a very significant work. I think it's, it's simply because of its size and its contributors. This actually started out in 2012. Uh, I was approached by TNT Clark to do a companion to the to Second Temple Judaism because I had just published a couple things with them on Second Temple Judaism, and, and I indicated to them that I was willing to do this, but I really, Second Temple Judaism is not and never has been a primary field for me, so I needed somebody with more seniority than myself to be able to, to guide this. So I contacted Professor Lauren Stuckenbrook in Munich, and we quickly began with the rubric of the companion series. You're familiar with the TNT Clark companion to mm-hmm. the Septuagint and companion to the Dead Sea Scrolls. But it quickly expanded into the current encyclopedic form, and, and so really kind of uh, got much larger than what could fit into the companion series. And so what we did is for, oh, I don't know, uh, again, this is summarizing seven years of, of, of Skype and travel and uh, phone conversations and everything else. Um, we looked at a number of other reference works and tried to see what are the most essential elements to cover Second Temple Judaism from every aspect. Um, and then we came up with a master list of topics. And then from that top, the list of topics, we spent many hours uh, often trolling through academia.edu uh, or through peer-reviewed journal articles and, and monographs through um, uh, Atlas Religion Database and so forth to find out who are the main scholars that are contributing to that subject area? Not somebody who is a um, that has a particular slant on something, but somebody who is a recognized expert in maybe Fourth Ezra or in Mikvaot or something like that. And then we begin issuing invitations, and we determine length of essays and, and that sort of thing. And then over the course of of those years, uh, we received all those essays, and we decided to incorporate a number of um, images with uh, about 200 of those essays. Uh, there are, uh, pre- at the end, there are 642 essays, and there are 407 contributors from around the world, really, from 26 different countries. Hmm. Uh, and we utilized 200 images that were specially um, acquired and largely purchased for by TNT Clark to, uh, to accompany and illustrate some aspect of the essay. Uh, and then a couple, I think it was maybe three summers ago, I traveled to Munich and uh, Professor Stuckenbrook and I worked on uh, what I think is one of the most unique contributions of the encyclopedia. And that's a set of um, periodized maps. They're custom designed maps that cover select eras from the entire Second Temple period from Alexander the Great all the way through Bar Kokhba. And so we designed those and TNT Clark commissioned a professional cartographer to um, to create those electronically. Uh, so that's sort of the process. Mm-hmm. And then just uh, in October, I think it was, 
we finished the seventh set of proofs for 1500 pages. Mm. Um, and then it was just in print last month. Yeah. It's interesting. You'd mentioned the maps because that was the first thing that caught my attention when I, when I uh, bought the encyclopedia at the recent uh, SBL meetings, uh, they're beautiful. And, uh, you know, I think that'll be, that'll be so useful. I, I also love the layout, uh, the way the, the, you know, the volumes are conceived to, uh, in part one, and maybe you can elaborate a little bit as to the reasoning behind that, but to, to start out with, uh, as a framework with, uh, the history of Second Temple Judaism, and then in part two, moving to the historical and, and political uh, background of, of Second Temple Judaism. And then in part three, you uh, obviously different contributors are uh, dealing with the literature one by one. And then, as you mentioned, part four has, has a significant number of topical essays. I think it's a very intuitive uh you know, uh, way of conceiving of that vast uh, area of study that um, I think is 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 a lot more helpful than if you simply had a an A through Z presentation. You know, from beginning to end. Oh, thank you. Yeah, that was our. You know, our we really wanted a resource that was going to be useful for people in every aspect of the field. So the the first essay by Professor Stuckenbrook really problematizes. You know, when we're talking about Second Temple Judaism, what are the terms we can use? How do we define it? And what are the problems with identifying it and studying it and, and the different interdisciplinary discussions that happen with that? Why don't you um, just uh, then, give us in our listeners a little bit more on, you know, some may not be even familiar exactly what do we mean when we talk about, you know, Second Temple Judaism? Maybe you can just give a brief uh, exposition of that. Sure. Yeah. So second, there's a, that's easier. Well, uh, that's not so easy to define. Uh, different people define second temple Judaism in different ways. Some people prefer the term early Judaism. Uh, what we've chosen to do is define second temple Judaism at, in terms of uh, it, a time frame. So we're thinking from the time of the conquest of Alexander the Great. Um, so three, what is it, 330s BC, mm -hmm. uh, all the way through the time of Bar Kokhba revolt. So that's 135 AD. Mm -hmm. So, um, and, and everything in between. And there are a number of phases in history, uh, in the history of Second Temple Judaism. So from the outset, Alexander the Great lived a very short time, but conquered a wide swath of land. When he died and didn't have any successors, there's a, about uh, 22 years of infighting among his successors called the Diadokis. And all of this is is very much, Judaism is very much sort of in the background here. Uh, there isn't a large proliferation of literature during this time, uh, but it's really in subsequent years during the reigns of the, uh, the dynasties of the successors of Alexander the Great during the eras of the Seleucids and Ptolemies uh, that a large proliferation of literature from Jewish circles occurs. So when we we talk about Second Temple Judaism, we're talking about the wide variety of Judaism that is practiced from the time of Alexander the Great in the middle of the 4th century BC all the way up through the Bar Kokhba revolt in 135 AD. And I say the wide swath of Judaism because we're talking about diaspora Judaism, so Judaism in Asia Minor, Judaism in, in, in uh, Syria, Palestine, as well as Alexandrian Judaism, 
which in some respects is very different from the Judaism that we find, say, among the Dead Sea Scrolls and so forth. So going back to the layout of the volumes, um, would you be able to give some examples of maybe notable entries and key contributors? Well, that, yeah. Let me sort of raise that with, or, or address that with um, some things that, that, that I learned uh, along the way. I simply, uh, there were a lot of subjects that I learned about that really I had never heard of before. Um, and so coming into this was very eye-opening. Um, a lot of the names of scholars, most of your listeners have probably never heard of because they're experts in fields that are not often covered uh, by the likes of us as as evangelical uh, Southern Baptists. Um, so uh, there are a few that, that you'd recognize. Um, Steve Mason, perhaps. Uh, Dale Allison did one on James. John Ashley of John. Um, there are also essays. So, for example, you think of when, uh, as I mentioned earlier, when, when Mary uh, has to offer sacrifice for her purification in Luke chapter 2, um, you, you wonder where does she get the doves from and the, or the pigeons? Um, and so, jokingly, you think, well, is she running around like in New York City where you see pigeons all over the place and, and just grab a couple of pigeons? Well, where does she get there? There's, there's a whole industry of uh, doves and pigeons in the ancient world, uh, and there's a whole discipline of study uh, around the subject of columbaria. And columbaria are essentially like like you'd think of in a like a, a large mailroom at a university. The pigeonholes, um, they're just look like a large honeycomb almost, where they would raise pigeons precisely for the purpose of sacrifice. Um, so, and we have a scholar who's contributed on that who has done archaeology in some of these kinds of areas. Um, we have, of course, David De Silva has written on the Old Testament Apocrypha. Uh, let's see, some other names. Andre Lemaire has written on Paleo-Hebrew and, and Hebrew and Aramaic paleography. Mm. Uh, it's interesting to note, you know, we know the parable of the Good Samaritans, and we, we understand, and this is sort of one of my burdens with the encyclopedia, we understand that when we hear the word Samaritan, we're supposed to think something negative but we really don't know why. Um, and inevitably what, what scholars and students alike do is go to the best commentaries out there and just sort of digest whatever the commentaries have to say about that. Well, this encyclopedia, there's an article written by Magnar Kartveit, who's a leader in the study of the Samaritans, uh, and she traces the history of Samaritans and then with other things on Samaritanism and Samaritan Pentateuch and so forth. So uh, it, again, illuminates some of the historical uh, background that, that sets the context for us in the New Testament. Yeah, we understand, of course, uh, it's hard to pick out individual examples. In many ways, this is going to be a reference work that's going to serve uh, uh, scholars in particular and interested students of Scripture well for, for, for many decades. Uh, but thanks for uh, giving us a, a few highlights uh, I I think the the encyclopedia was the subject of a review panel at the recent meeting of the Society of Biblical Literature in San Diego. Uh, what, what it was? Yeah. What kind of feedback have you been getting so far, and how do you see the work being used? Well, that's those are those are really this kind of the same question. Um, the way we're conceiving of it is how, how 
the feedback that we've received and how we look for it to be used. We asked when this was organized, we asked that that the panelists not do a, a normal book review. Um, we didn't want somebody to simply re uh, survey what we've done and comment on what's good or what's bad. Uh, what we really wanted them to do is, and, and what they did very well, was discuss what kind of conversations can be had from an encyclopedia like this. In other words, we have, for example, an essay on uh, the history, uh, the, the fall of Masada in history, but we also have essays on the archaeology of Masada. We have an essay on Josephus and historiography, and we have an essay on the Masada texts. So when the encyclopedia puts together, for example, things like texts and archaeology, what kind of conversations can be had from archaeologists and from exegetes? So the papers that were given there, which which will probably be published in maybe a year and a half, we're still getting that together. We're going to put together a collection of essays mm -hmm. um, is really illustrating what we're hoping to happen. And that is among specialists in Second Temple Judaism, that it can facilitate interdisciplinary dialogue so that those who are thinking about ritual purity on a textual level uh, have access to some recent work and some well-referenced work on uh, mikvaot um, and, and those sorts of things. That's really what we're hoping for in terms of specialists in Second Temple Judaism. What we're really, what I'm really hoping for, what, what my real burden is for for students and for scholars, for authors who are working in Second Temple Judaism, it, or or even maybe writing a commentary on the Letter of James, that they have a reference work that can get them right into the primary source material um, in an informed way. Um, there's a tendency, as you know, uh, Professor Kustenberger. To um, to simply for for pastors for students even for scholars to simply repeat a list of references to primary source texts in Second Temple Judaism uh, in a in a commentary or a paper or something without really knowing what those texts are about mm. uh, and so I'm hoping that this really facilitates us all to be able to have a more um, robust tool to get into the primary sources and to understand them in their own contexts. Um, first and foremost, uh, so that we can be more responsible in using them. Uh, I think sometimes uh, some of our uh, evangelical colleagues have, have gained uh, a bit of a reputation for knowing just enough about Second Temple Jewish sources to use them as background for the mm. New Testament. And, and I think there's something to that. But at the same time, it opens up the accusation of we really don't know these texts. And so for me, I, in my own personal scholarly endeavors, um, my work in Second Temple Judaism is really intended to steep me in the language and literature of both the Old Testament and Second Temple Judaism, so that whenever I come to the New Testament, whenever I make references to, to background material for understanding a text from the Gospel of Matthew or something like that, mm. I, I actually know what I'm doing with the sources and, and have some credibility really as a good witness and also as a good steward, um, because I, I believe in the totality of, of God's providence, that he has preserved his word for us, of course, but he's also preserved for us material culture and also literary evidence of the context of the New Testament. So uh, I want to use as many tools as I can to better understand the words on the page. And, and that's really what I hope to see mm -hmm. uh, mm -hmm. our evangelical brothers and sisters doing as well. Absolutely. We certainly appreciate your and Dr. Stokenbrook's assiduous work on this. Uh, 
Uh, it's just incredible the amount of uh, even organizational work, um, and not to mention the actual scholarship that that went into a volume such as this, and the publisher T and T Clark as well. Uh, you know, to close us out with a with an anecdote uh, at a previous school, I. Um, I taught a colloquium for first-year PhD students, and, and we had Richard Hayes uh, just uh, across the way from Duke University join us for 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 that. I invited him, and I before the uh, the session, I gave him a tour around campus and tried to talk up the the PhD program and how you know our students and so forth. And then uh, he gave a lecture, and afterwards stayed on for some student presentations. And at some point. Uh, you know, as he was talking uh, and, and talked about Philo and then and, and Josephus and so forth, one of his students uh, in the PhD program interrupted him and said, excuse me, Dr. Hayes, uh, who's Philo? Mm-hmm. Uh, oh. And ouch, yeah, I, you know, I, uh, as a PhD director at the time, you know, I was, I was, I was quite embarrassed. And, and so that uh, planted in me the immediate resolve that we needed to add a course on Second Temple Judaism to our curriculum, which we did. And uh, uh, even here at, at Midwestern, I'm in February going to teach a seminar on ancient Jewish literature, and and so the encyclopedia will serve as a as, as an excellent, really invaluable reference tool in both preparing my lectures and in. In guiding, the, in guiding the discussion. So be, please keep up the good work and every blessing as you serve him. Okay, thank you so much. Thank you for joining us today at Biblical Foundations. For more information, please visit the Center for Biblical Studies at Midwestern at cbs.mbts.edu. For further resources, please also visit biblicalfoundations.org. Please join us again next time at the Biblical Foundations podcast.